Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Tuesday to you. Hope that your day is starting off well. A little chilly out there, but it could be worse. It could be raining. Well, I guess it could be really worse. It could be snowing. Barry had an article the other day about when Massachusetts can expect snow and said that the earliest snowfall happened in October. So I guess it could be worse. But yeah, so you wake up and you're a little bit reluctant to crawl out of the covers. It's a little chilly. I know one listener out there already lamenting having to crawl out of bed. But that's all right. That's You start the day and then you earn the reward of getting back into that bed later on. It'll be a late one for me tonight. I'll be out uh, in West Bridgewater this evening speaking on uh, the paranormal. I'll be giving a presentation called Paranormal 101. It's free if you want to come out and hang out. I'll also be giving the same presentation tomorrow night in New Bedford uh, at the New Bedford Public Library. That's probably a little closer for a lot of you, but I don't know. Some folks want to head out to Bridgewater because of the Bridgewater Triangle and all those connections. And certainly, I welcome seeing you at either or both locations. It will be the same presentation, though, so you don't have to come to both. Even my parents don't come. Actually, I don't know when the last time my parents did come to one of my presentations. It's because they hear me talk all the time. So they're like, eh, he's already told us all this stuff before. But it's just a, it's a overview of paranormal investigation, why we do it, why we think what we are experiencing are ghosts, what ghosts may be, kind of the history of ghost hunting, all of that. So it should be a should be great getting to present that in West Bridgewater tonight and New Bedford tomorrow. So the um, the story that Ariel was talking about with King Richard's Fair, we didn't really get to talk about the follow-up on that. We discussed it on Friday because heading into Friday's show, we knew that there was going to be an emergency meeting of the Carver Select Board. But we didn't know what the tone was of this. We didn't know if this was... Something. I mean, I assumed by the phrase emergency meeting and by the fact that it was happening at 8 o'clock on a Friday morning, the day before a busy three-day weekend for King Richard's Fair, that there was probably some displeasure with how the fair had been operating and, and the complaints that had come in. 
And it did say that votes would be taken and that it could have resulted in a full suspension of King Richard's Fairs, common victuallers, and alcohol beverage licenses. Now, either of those would have, you know, a loss of either of those would have crippled King Richard's Fair for the remainder of the season. Because think about this. What, are, what is the fair making money on? The artisans who rent booths, the people who buy tickets, and then the the rides, you know, the games, the people who play those. I don't know if that money goes to the fair or if those are vendors who vet, who rent the space to, to put on those rides and games. But essentially, you know, all of that is kind of offset. They can they can charge what they charge for that because it's kind of offset by the fact that they're going to sell a ton of food and, and and alcohol during the time of the fair. So if you start taking that away, well, does it remain profitable? And then the other part of it is, do people want to go if they know that they can't get their, their giant turkey leg or their yard glass of beer or their mead or whatever else they may be partaking in while they're there? And someone commented on the story that I had put up about, well, what does, if, if the, the town is complaining that the traffic issues are the main impetus for them bringing people in, what do the food and alcohol licenses have to do with traffic? Why would they suspend those over traffic issues? And the answer is, it's the only thing that the town can do. In the middle of the season... It's the only way to, to put a punishment on the fair if that's what the select board decided to do. And maybe there's different language and there are any agreements they have with the town to operate. I don't know all the ins and outs of the town of Carver and its permitting process for things like attractions. Does this count as an attraction? Does this count as a business? The deal between King Richard's Fair, the Shapiro family, and John Deli Prescoli, the owner of the land, is a private deal between two businesses. So the town really can't get involved in that too much. So really, the only course of re- the only course of action they have, the only recourse they have, is to suspend the licenses that it approves for the fair to operate. And I also think that it was, I mean, maybe they can shut down their ability to operate overall, but if you're the town of Carver, you're thinking, well, that wouldn't be fair to the people that bought tickets. The people who already purchased tickets to come at a date the remainder of the season. So the town decided to, well, the select board decided to Put some restrictions or, or some, uh, you know, implement a plan in place that the fair has to follow or else it risks a suspension or revocation of those licenses. And I was able to acquire that decision from the town administrator. There is a traffic control plan that had already been put together by the fair and the town last year. Last year, they had offered shuttle service to the Edaville parking lot. 
I guess that shuttle service, people weren't 100% happy with it. They said that there were long waits for the shuttles, that it didn't come frequently enough. But they didn't bother to do that this year. They didn't bother to come up with any satellite lots, knowing that they needed them last year. Now, maybe they looked at that and said, hey, not enough people use them. We don't think that we do need them. The people that did, the, the couple dozen people that use them every day probably just went there because they assumed the main lot would be full. But whatever the decision was behind it, the town said, no, you're going to start utilizing those. And, and kudos to King Richard's Fair for coming together with all of this plan. You know, this was all handed down on a Friday and they had it all in operation by Satwell. Saturday was a bit of a wet day, but they were still open. Um, but I don't know if they needed to put all this in place Saturday because attendance wouldn't have been as high. But they certainly had it going for Sunday and Monday. So they have to have the shuttle going to a satellite lot, two approved satellite lots that will be open at all times regardless of the weather. So even if it's raining, they have to have them open with shuttle buses provided by the operator. In addition, those shuttle buses have to be driven by town school bus drivers. So rather than bring in some bus company, rather than bring in their own hired bus drivers, they have to use town of Carver school bus drivers for that position. No parking of vehicles shall be allowed on any streets in the town of Carver and patrons will not be permitted to walk to the fair from remote parking locations. So if you park in one of those remote locations, you cannot walk to the fair. Now, I have never done this, but from my understanding, you could walk from Edaville to King Richard's Fair through the woods. I, I'm not familiar with that path. But maybe that's something they consider for the future. But you can't park on Route 58, which is the biggest problem. You can't walk on Route 58, which is the biggest problem. And you can't park on any of the side streets where they were taking up parking and blocking residents who lived on those streets. All traffic control measures in the plan will be in place each day of the fair, regardless of the weather, unless adjusted by notice from the chief of police. So it's not up to the fair to say, we don't need these factors today. We don't need these extra steps today because we don't have a lot of tickets sold. It's going to rain. Uh, there's just no need for all of that. We can not have the shuttle bus operators come in and save that money. Nope. It all has to be there unless the chief of police says it's okay. Which I'm sure, you know, on a day like that, they can say to him, you know, chief, do we need to do all this? And he could say, yeah, I don't see a need for it. Go right ahead and send them home. There will be a daily increase of two additional detailed police officers on duty for each day of the fair, regardless of weather, subject to the police chief's determination of work hours. So if, as long as they have the manpower available, they have to have two additional officers on. The chief may also decide at his own discretion, his sole discretion, no consultation with the fair, he can just decide on his own to have to put additional officers on detail. And the fair must reimburse the town for all of those charges, for all of that, you know, detail, overtime, whatever. The fire chief and the EMS chief, in their sole discretion, may implement additional personnel based on operating conditions to ensure public safety. The fair shall be responsible for reimbursing the town for all costs associated with those personnel. 
The police chief can consult with the town administrator to order additional safety measures to be implemented if he determines the operating conditions necessitate such measures and any such measures shall be incorporated into the licenses. So this, this gives them the free reign to say, you know what, this didn't come up in the meeting, but now you've got to do it. And the police chief can at any time, as long as he talks about it with the town administrator, can suspend or revoke either or both of the licenses for King Richard's Fair if he feels that there is any kind of threat to public safety or that they are not complying with this plan. If there is an emergency, if there is a suspension or revocation, the select board will endeavor to convene an emergency meeting to review the decision prior to the next weekend, provided that the fair's request is received by the close of business on the following Tuesday. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's coming down hard on the fair. Now, I don't think that the fair is overly upset about this. Uh, in fact, the, their PR person sent me a statement saying, basically saying that they're, they're happy to work with the town on all of these measures. It sounds like they realized after what had happened the weekend prior that all of this was necessary. That they needed to do something and that certainly they were taking a bit of a PR hit from the comments that people were posting on social media. They were right on top of things with their social media posts over the weekend to say, listen, Sunday's going to be a sellout. Monday's going to be a sellout. Saturday, we have space. If you want to come, come on Saturday. We know it's not the perfect day, but that could be your ch best chance to come and experience the fair this weekend. And then there were some tickets that opened up on Sunday because maybe, maybe they weren't at capacity. And so they put that up so that people could know that they could come down. And so I think that they were trying to make every effort to not only live up to this plan, but to also go beyond that to make things better for the patrons. There's got to be a deeper discussion in the offseason, though, about what can you do about the parking situation? Is there a way that you can pre-sell the parking spaces or pre-reserve the parking spaces so that you already know how many cars you can expect to have in the lot. So that if you are coming from two or three hours away and you get slowed down for whatever reason, when you get there, your space is still available. Or maybe just having the satellite lots is enough to alleviate that issue. But I just wanted to follow up on that because, you know, I kind of left it hanging there with us talking about the meeting that was coming. And then we didn't get a chance yesterday to address... What had gone through, uh, I'm sure most of you that cared read the story at WBSM.com and on the app, but if you haven't, you can check that out. There's more details, more information there. But I think it's a learning process as these local attractions are stepping into the 21st century here with online ticket sales and the way that people expect to be able to come to events now. And it's a lesson that can be learned from a lot of different events. We have Obviously, we have less things that go on now on a major scale than we had pre-COVID. Part of that is because of COVID. Part of that is just because things have died off. We don't have the Brockton Fair anymore. The Whaling City Festival is building back up to what it once was. We have 
a lot of little things that go on where people have kind of fallen into the mindset of we're just going to keep doing it the same way we've always done it and we realize that that doesn't always work anymore so lessons are being learned and new plans will be implemented and it'll get better i i know the people who are in charge of operations at king richard's fair they are good people they want to do the best for the patrons they want to put on the best experience that they can And I think that this was just a matter of getting kind of overwhelmed. And that's a good thing that that many people want to come into this area. So a lot of you are saying to yourself, well, what does King Richard's Fair have to do with the New Bedford area? It's way out there in the woods of Carver. But there are a lot of people who came through New Bedford to attend King Richard's Fair. There are a lot of people who went to King Richard's Fair and then left for the day and on their way home, stopped in New Bedford. People who might have come for dinner, people who might have gone to take a walk on the Harbor Walk or the Cove Walk, people who might have decided to spend a little time downtown. There are benefits to being kind of that pass-through area. I mean, ask any of the towns that used to be on the road to the Cape when there was no highway. So it does have an impact. It may not be a huge impact, but it does have an impact. Also, think about not to uh, not to pigeonhole Renaissance fairgoers as weed users. But when folks got over the, the border from Rhode Island into Massachusetts, you know they were hitting up all those weed shops, the retail cannabis locations, on their way to King Richard's Fair, right? I had some friends that came from all over the country a couple, you know, a couple times, the last couple of years, for a little paranormal weekend that we do. And the first question they ask is, where can we go buy some weed? And they're not talking about the, you know, the, the, the guy that you know that's your connection. They're talking about being able to walk into the shop and, and buy it and buy enough for the weekend and then maybe try to sneak a little bit on the plane on the way home. Don't do that. That's a, it's a federal crime. So just one of the many industries that benefit from having the fair there. Uh, we, we used to know that uh, when I worked at the diner in Wareham, we knew that once the fair happened, plan on getting slammed every weekend. Not only from people that were attending the fair, but all the people that worked at the fair would come. And they would come in sometimes in costumes. And they would have, they all ate the same thing. We had a breakfast that was three eggs, home fries, toast, and coffee that was like three ninety nine, And that's what they all got. I think, if I remember right, it was the number nine. And they all, like, we would just see them coming and it was just, it wasn't even a matter of what would you like? It's how do you want your eggs? 508-996-0500. I got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And now it is time to go into the newsroom with uh, an Ariel Dorsey this morning who is operating with some equipment that is less than normal. Less than normal is correct. You you look like you're ready to perform on The Voice, though. (laughs) 
But you look like you're ready to give uh, Juliana Amaral a, a run for her money. Can you sing Dio? Can no. you sing Rainbow in the Dark? No. No. Do you sing? Um, I do like singing. I don't know if I'm like a singer, but I do enjoy it. Listen, everybody's a singer until somebody else hears you. That's very so. true. <laughs> All right. It is time to go now into the newsroom with Ariel Dorsey. At least 11 Americans are among the dead after surprise attacks on Israel triggered the start of an all-out war with the Palestinian militant group Hamas. The White House announced the new death toll in a statement from President Biden, and Biden said they are still working to confirm but believe it's likely American citizens are also being held by Hamas. Former President Barack Obama is condemning what he calls the brazen terrorist attack by Hamas that led to all-out war with Israel over the weekend. In a post on X, formerly Twitter, Obama wrote Monday that all Americans should be horrified and outraged. With well over a thousand dead and thousands more injured on both sides of the conflict, Obama said, as we support Israel's right to defend itself against terror, we must keep striving for a just and lasting peace for Israelis and Palestinians alike. The Tulsa, Oklahoma community is mourning the loss of one of the final remaining survivors of the Tulsa race massacre. Oklahoma State Representative Regina Goodwin says that Hughes Van Ellis died yesterday morning in Denver at the age of 102. Van Ellis was one of the three last known survivors of the 1921 deadly attack on Tulsa's African-American community that led to the to the destruction of homes and businesses in Tulsa's Greenwood District, also known as Black Wall Street. Hollywood writers have ratified a new three-year deal with studios. On Monday, the Writers Guild of America announced that 99% of its members had voted to ratify the deal. The vote officially brings to an end the writers' strike that lasted almost five months. The new deal runs until May 31st, 2026. New CDC data shows that long COVID is rare among children. A survey by the National Center for Health Statistics showed just over 1% of children had long COVID in 2022 and now only half a percent have it. Reported symptoms of long COVID include changes in mental health, fatigue or neurological damage. Amazon's second Prime Day sale is here. Prime Big Deal Days will take place today and tomorrow. The event will feature deals on tech, home goods, fashion, and entertainment. Customers need to be an Amazon Prime member to get access to the offers. In sports, the Patriots took care of a roster move on Monday. After serving as a standard elevation against the New Orleans Saints defensive lineman, Jeremiah Farms Jr. reverted back to the Pats' practice squad. The 26-year-old recorded 14 snaps in his first career regular season tackle. New England is hoping to avoid its third consecutive loss. The Pats are last in the AFC East at 1-4 and and will visit the Las Vegas Raiders this week. The puck drops on the 2023-24 NHL regular season tonight. The Bruins begin their march towards the postseason when they open the year against Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night at TD Garden. The Bruins will get their first chance to see the future of the NHL with first overall pick Connor Bedard playing his first game in Boston. The Celtics dropped their first game of the preseason after falling 114-107 to the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Peyton Pritchard led the season scoring with 21 points to go along with the team high five assists and three steals. Delano Banton chipped in with 20 points. Boston is now one in one and will continue its exhibition schedule when 
when it visits the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow night. And the Red Sox are making changes to the coaching staff. According to ESPN, Boston has fired pitching coach Dave Bush. The Red Sox finished last in the AL East at 78-84 and and are searching for a new chief baseball officer after Heim Bloom was fired last month. Now let's take a look at a local forecast with ABC6. Another cool morning. Temperatures climbing this afternoon into the mid-60s, cooler than average, with passing showers and more clouds than sun for today. Overnight, upper 40s. Fog develops Wednesday morning, and temperatures will climb to the upper 60s. Brief warm-up cool down through Friday, and we continue tracking the storm system for the weekend. That seems to be slowing down. All the details show to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. 1420 WBSM, as crystal clear as FM. Stream us on the WBSM app. Dream on, dream away. I think I'm gonna have to stay. Those folks that thought, I want to sex you up, which is a little too much from Color Me Bad. This was their follow-up, I Adore Me Amore. A much softer, less in-your-face song. Although, I Want to Sex You Up is a far better song, but that's a good song, too. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. And uh, I was mentioning uh, Ariel's mic. She actually... You know, like all of us here in the WBSM studio, in the newsroom, we have mics that are on boom arms. So they they kind of make it so that we can have the microphone in front of our face, but leave the area in front of us free to have papers or a computer or to work the board or whatever. And um, and her boom broke yesterday. I don't know. Phil Devitt just sent us an email earlier saying the mic boom is broken. So I don't know what happened. I'm not blaming Phil for it, but all I'm saying was when Phil was on vacation all last week, everything was fine. Then Phil comes back yesterday, and all of a sudden it's broken. I don't know if he was upset about having to return to work. I don't know if he was uh, angry about having to work on Indigenous Peoples or Columbus Day, however he views it. I don't know if he just doesn't like Ariel. Maybe he was like, you know what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was a total accident. It was uh, it was working on a on a thread anyway, as it is. So uh, we will try to get that rebuilt for you, Ariel. I promise. Soon as I'm off the air, I'll be in there and trying to do what I can. And if I can't do it, we'll call the engineer in. And if he can't do it, you're just going to have to keep using the little mic stand like you are. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Speaking of um, giving you a bunch of information about things that you don't care about, 
I'm in the market for a new cologne. And I put out on social media, and there's never been anything that I've asked the internet before that I've gotten so many different answers on. I put out a post on Facebook, what cologne should I be wearing? Now, when I was in high school, I didn't wear cologne until I was a, like a sophomore or a junior. Basically, not until I got a job and could afford to go buy it myself. My dad had old spice in the house that he would put on like for special occasions. If we had to go to a wedding or his bowling banquet or anything like that, he'd slap on a little old spice. And I do like the smell of Old Spice, but I just wasn't going to put that on me. And so when I was a a sophomore, I got my first job and I had a little money in my pocket. First, first paycheck, I only made 15 bucks. So I went out and bought, I think it was Steve Miller Band's Greatest Hits. Then second paycheck, had a little more money, went out and bought a couple pairs of jeans but not long after that, I was like, I'm going to buy cologne. And I started wearing, at the time, what was popular was Dracar Noir. And I wore that for years. Then when I started dating my eventual and now ex-wife in college, I was still wearing that. And she was like, "Man, eh, you could do better. And she introduced me to Cool Water. And I started wearing that. I liked the fresh smell of it. I would always have like Stetson and like all those little things you can get little gift packs for at Christmas time. But basically I stuck to cool water every day for years and years and years and years and years. And I recently have gone back to Drakkar and I kind of would go back and forth a little bit between the two, depending on how I felt that day. Cause I have, you know, a big bottle of each. But I said, you know what? I want something, you know, I'm, I'm wearing different clothes. I'm dressing better. I want something that kind of stands out a little bit more. And I like smelling good. I mean, people always... So part of it was as an overweight person, people always... I, I always felt that people expected me to be a smelly person. They're like, oh, here comes this fat guy. I bet you he stinks. So I always tried to be overly high. I mean, I like to be clean anyway. I don't leave the house without showering. So I'm naturally going to be clean. I was using Irish Spring soap. That's what I've used every day for decades. I switched to a Dr. Squatch because I thought I'd give it a try and I loved it. Wood barrel bourbon. But now I'm like, well, I need a, a, a better cologne. People always tell me I smell good. Like people are like, oh, you smell good. Like surprised. Like, oh, I expected you would smell like, I don't know, greasy fried chicken and melted chocolate bars. But so now I'm looking for something that is, you know, masculine, but clean not overly earthy. Don't don't hit me up with anything patchouli. Don't like patchouli. I don't like anything that's like mossy smelling. But I like, you know, the 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 wood smells. I don't know. I guess bergamot is like the 
the one that everybody says is what what I want to have. So I, I ordered a bunch of samples from this website that sends you like little small vials for like two bucks. They're coming next week and I'm going to try them all. And then I might even get another round of different ones and try those until I find the one that I like. So all of this for no reason other than to say, if you have a suggestion for a cologne, shoot me an app chat message on the WBSM app or send me a, uh, an email, tim at wbsm.com, and I will make note of it and I will try to put it into that order. And then when we have that listener meet and greet, you can come up to me and smell me and guess which one won out of, uh, out of my choices. All right, let's go to the phones here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. That's creepy, Tim. I'm not going up to you and smell it. <laughs> well, if I put enough on, you don't need to come that close to me to be able to smell it. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, it, that kind of brought back memories when I used to do it as a kid. I, I used to go get the uh, the magazine, the one with the little folding pages, and, and you just <laughs> unfold the little page and just rub it on you for real cheap. Yeah, it worked. It worked for a I little to, while. I used to do that all the time. And then my, my biggest one in high school was like Curve. Mm -hmm. I used to do Curve a lot. Um, anyway, uh, that, that made me laugh. You, you're still wearing Dracar? I know, right? I I, oh. I thought that I was going to smell like the 90s and nobody would appreciate it. But a lot of people, have, especially women, have come to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you wear Dracar. People don't wear that enough anymore. Other people despise it. Other people can't stand it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it was so... Everybody in the '90s kind of wore it, so it's like kind of wore out, wore out its welcome. Kind of like uh, uh, what the hell's the name of that? That's the the gym spray that you can that the kids use now. Axe. It's like, yeah, oh my god, horrendous! Yeah, they use that instead of taking a shower. Yeah, yeah, it's Axe, terrible. Axe gives me a headache. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, uh, on a, on a different topic though, yesterday, uh. My my presidential candidate that I was that was kind of rooting for, which nobody else knew about, uh, Will Hurd, he dropped out, so that made about no splash. Uh, nobody even knew he was on the uh, on the ballot, so it didn't even matter. So Will Hurd, he he dropped out of the race and endorsed Nikki Haley, which is my second pick. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Nikki Haley, I think, is I especially with the current situation, uh, is going to come out shining uh with her background I, I i hope so anyway it seems like she's kind of the uh the one that's been predominantly the most vocal on on current situations in the middle east right now uh and i think she has the fortitude to actually steer us in the right direction in regards to foreign relations you know, more than more than pretty much any other any other candidate so and, nikki and haley I don't know why, but she's the one I'm looking forward to the most seeing maybe eventually debating Donald Trump. I w yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to see her, uh, her face. I think, I think she's going to be the number two. She might be an extremely distant number two. Uh, but we already start, we're already starting to see Donald Trump kind of um, attacking her. So we know that she's gaining momentum because it's on his radar. Like, he doesn't attack anybody who's not on his radar. You know, he's got the blindfolders on. And, and and he just looks forward. He doesn't see anybody until until you're in second place. Like at first, he was attacking DeSantis. Now he's kind of like let let DeSantis go and and focus on Nikki Haley for a little bit. And then I think this is gonna this particular situation is gonna bring it bring her up to more prominence. Uh, I think the the media is gonna bring her on to talk about this current situation just because of her uh, her background as a UN ambassador. 
I think she's going to do, uh, do very well in regards to foreign policy. And, and in today's day and age, uh, foreign policy is definitely, we need somebody that's strong in, in foreign policy, unfortunately. And, and Donald Trump is not that. And, and I say that specifically because of how abrasive he was to our allies. We cannot create rifts with our allies, uh, especially in NATO. You know, he, she, he was abrasive to Angela Merkel, abrasive to Macron, abrasive to, uh, well, I think his name was Boris out of, uh, which is uh, the UK. Oh, Boris Johnson. Yeah, regardless. Yeah. I think he, he was pretty British abrasive. Trump. He was abrasive. Yes. Yeah, he was abrasive to a lot of different people in our allies, you know, our allies. And and I get what he was saying, right? So he, he wanted them to pull their weight in regards to pain, uh, in regards to NATO and an increase in their own personal military budget, right? I get it. Uh, but that's not something you do to our allies in public. You do that behind closed doors. You, you say, hey, listen, we're going to start doing this. I need you guys to stop pulling your weight. The, the world's getting a little crazy right now. Everybody needs to do a little bit more. But he did it in front of the cameras. And that's where I started to have an issue. I said, you do not dis- like disgrace or attack, personally attack our allies. Right. I'm sure, even, I'm like, sure it's happening like, all the time behind the scenes. Sure. Right. Like, you don't do that to your friends, right? If you have an issue with your friend and you're like, he's being an idiot, you don't do it in front of a whole group of people. You pull him aside because they're, hey, you know, you're, you and your buddy are at a bar. Your buddy's acting like an idiot because he's having too much to drink. You pull him aside. You just don't make a scene in front of everybody at the bar. Then you're going to be a little like, you guys are going to have a rift and you guys aren't going to be as close for a little while. And I think that's what happened with Donald Trump. He created that rift and... And this is might might be my entire speculation, but that might be why Putin felt uh, that was an opportunity to become aggressive towards Ukraine is because he thought that NATO has the rifts in it due to Donald Trump being so abrasive. Sure, I just got to hold you there because I got to take a break. But one one final question: How does how does Nikki Haley feel about Drakkar Noir? I need to know that. Oh, I think she wears it actually. Yeah, I mean, I could see yeah. her being for it. Sure, everybody wears it. Yeah, not just you, Tim. All right. Well, thank you for the call. You have a great day. You got it. Bye. And uh, I do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And don't forget, we are still giving away Trump's money all week long. This is the final week of the contest, so it's your last chance to get in and enter. We're going to be giving it away today, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Ten codes every day, each hour between 8 a.m. and through the 5 p.m. hour. You will get 10 codes a day. When you get those codes, you enter them at WBSM.com or on the app. And you have to enter them in the right spot, in the right box. And when you do, you'll be entered to win $100 cash instantly. But also, you'll be entered to win the grand prize of $30,000. So, again, you're already listening to WBSM. Why not get paid for it? Why not enter to win the Win Trump's Money Contest, which you can find out more about at WBSM.com or on the WBSM app. One final break. I got to get in before the end of the... All right. We only have less than a minute here before we're going to go into the newsroom. So, caller, hang on. We will get to you at the start of the next hour. We also have room for you at 508-996-0500. We'll also take your open line voicemails and your app chat messages via the WBSM app. We did get one in that came in from Jeff in Fall River who says, Good morning, Tim. Nikki Haley has no chance at all. DeSantis has a better opportunity to become president. So uh, that's... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.